You are listening to Living with ADHD and CPTSD, available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Living with ADHD and CPTSD. Today we have another ADHD episode, and I am going to discuss today medication to help with ADHD symptoms and issues. So I haven't discussed this yet, of course. Um, There have been some brief mentions of it in past episodes that I have done but I haven't actually discussed the different types of medication and the options that you have. So I am going to discuss that now with you. I have some information and then I will also discuss my own personal uh, experiences that I've had with the medication that I've been on in the past and present. I will talk about the symptoms that can come from it, the different types of medication that you can have and the like the amounts that you can get uh, how you get it through your doctor or a psychiatrist or however you do Um, and then questions before starting stimulants and how how you know that the medication is working so I hope this is very informative for you for those who have been diagnosed and those who are looking to get diagnosed and are thinking of an option of de- of having medication when you are treating your ADHD. But there are other ways, of course, to deal with it than just getting medicated. But medication is a good way of actually taking care of your issues. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. ADHD medications for adults and children. Which are the best? All right. The number of medications available to treat attention attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is overwhelming at best. And the process for selecting the best ADHD medication for you or your child or deciding to medicate at all is incredibly personal. The ADHD medications prescribed to both children as young of age six and adults are broadly categorized as stimulants, which are considered the first-line treatment for ADHD. Amphetamines fall under this category, along with methylphenidate, the most widely used treatment for ADHD and their derivatives. And then non-stimulants, prescribed to patients who don't tolerate or see benefits from stimulant medications. Up to 30% of patients do not respond to stimulants. Three non-stimulants are approved to treat ADHD, atomexetine, guanfacine, and clonidine. Non-stimulants may also be prescribed for use alongside stimulants to treat symptoms that the latter do not alleviate. Selecting the best ADHD medication can be a lengthy trial and error process of dosage, and timing that is often related to a patient's history, genetics, experience, side effects, and unique metabolism. 
ADHD medication is also often accompanied by behavioral therapy and non-pharmacological treatments. The most popular ADHD medications among attitude readers include, and this is in alphabetical order, Adderall XR, which is an amphetamine, Concerta, which is methylphenidate, Dexedrin, another amphetamine, amphetamine. Some of these words are hard to pronounce, so you'll have to forgive me. We'll just say something a little more simple. Okay, Evecchio, which is an ampha. Focalin XR, which is a dexamethylenate. Quivalent XR, Ritalin, Stratera, and Vivance. All right, now Vivance is a lisdexamethylamine dimethylate. Holy smokes. These words are hard to pronounce. I've never had a great ability to pronounce them without screwing up so forgive me for not getting it right many parents and adults with adhd remain confused about the distinctions and similarities between these and other treatment choices for adhd our adhd medication chart offers a side-by-side comparison of the most popular stimulants and non-stimulants in the treatment of adhd what are the newest adhd medications the newest medications on the market include Journey PM and Adhansia XR, stimulant medications approved in 2019 by the Food and Drug Administration, which is this is the U.S., for use in children and adults. Unlike, unlike most stimulants, Journey PM is taken in the evening. The medication begins working by the time the patient wakes and through the rest of the day. Adanzia XR is available in six extended release capsules, which include some of the highest dose strengths currently on the market. Yeah, there are quite a different variety and ways that they work. How do stimulant medications treat ADHD? ADHD is a neurological disorder resulting from the deficiency of a neurotransmitter or a group of neurotransmitters in specific areas of the brain. Neurotransmitters are chemicals that transmit signals between nerve cells by bridging the synapse or gap between them. One key neurotransmitter often deficient in individuals with ADHD is norepinephrine. Oh, jeez. Norepinephrine. However you say it, okay? (laughs) I apologize. This is like hard to pronounce in the moment, along with its building blocks, dopa and dopamine. In theory, the primary stimulant medications used to treat ADHD stimulate specific cells within the brain to produce more of this deficient neurotransmitter. That's why these medications are called stimulants, though it's unknown exactly how they work to relieve ADHD symptoms. The two main classes of stimulant medications, methylphenidate and dextroamphetamine, both generic names, have been used since since the 1930s. All brand name stimulants are variations of these two medications. The ADHD medication Adderall, for existence, is a modification of dextroamphetamine. There we go. I got it. Methylphenidate 
on the other hand, comes in many forms, including a chewable tablet, a liquid, and a skin patch, with each variation having its own name. How do non-stimulants work to treat ADHD? <coughs> Excuse me. Adamexetine, brand name is Stratera, is a selective neo-norepinephrine. I don't know why they don't make these things easier. I know that that's not how we say it when we're getting the medication, but it's such a, what a pain. Norepinephrine. There we go. Norepinephrine. Reuptake inhibitor, SNRI, that works in theory by increasing concentrations of norepinephrine and dopamine in the prefrontal cortex, which is believed to regulate behavior and thus helps with ADHD symptoms. Clonidine, COPVE, and guanfacine, Intuniv, are alpha-2 agonists. The prevailing theory is that these medications work by mimicking the effects of neoprephin, unbelievable, noreprephin, in the prefrontal cortex's receptors. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to say, I'm going to make it easier because I'm going to keep messing this up. All right. Baprorian, Welterbin, Welbutrin, while not approved for ADHD treatment, treatment is an antidepressant that clinic, clinicians commonly prescribe off-label to treat ADHD. How is ADHD medication dosed? The FDA requires, among other provisions, that a medication be labeled according to its dosage form, route of administration, which is capsule, tablet, liquid, patch, etc. The patient information sheet inside the medications box or packaging states how much medication is in each unit of liquid. For example, 5 milligrams per 5 milliliters of liquid. Another methylphenidate product, Detrana, is a patch that releases medication through the skin and into the bloodstream. Detrana 30 milligram contains about 30 milligrams of methylphenidate and releases it about 3.3 milligrams of it per hour. Dose, quantity, and strength. The specific amount of medication released into the blood over a given period of time. In other words, the number value for each product represents the total amount of medication in the tablet, liquid, capsule, or patch, not the amount in the blood at any one time. If methylphenidate, for example, is in the form of a four-hour tablet and it releases five milligrams over that time, it is called methylphenidate five milligram. A capsule of Adderall, on the other hand, that releases 10 milligrams immediately and 10 milligrams four hours later is called Adderall XR20. Release mechanism, duration of administration, released immediately or over an extended period of time. The length of time medication will remain available and active. Stimulants release medications over many time frames, including an hour, four hours, or over eight or 12 hours. Here's an example. The ADHD medication Ritalin is a tablet that is released immediately into the bloodstream and works for four hours. Ritalin LA, on the other hand, is a capsule that releases over a longer period of time and works for eight hours. Different names, even though both contain the same medication, medicine, methylphenidate. 
Even with the FDA's guidelines, the average consumer may find labels on ADHD medications confusing. Take the ADHD medication Concerta. Designed to last 12 hours, Concerta has a sponge on the bottom of the capsule, medication on the top, and a tiny hole above the medication. As the capsule passes through the gastrointestinal tract and absorbs moisture, the sponge expands and pushes the medication out of the hole. The number value assigned to each dose is where the confusion tends to lie. Take Concerta 18 milligram. If the goal is to release five milligram consistently every four hours over a 12 hour period, then there needs to be a 15 milligram in the capsule. However, it takes time for the sponge to become moist enough to start to expand. So an initial release of medication is needed until the sponge starts working. Researchers figured out that it should be 3 milligrams. Thus, to release 5 milligrams over 12 hours, one needs the initial 3 milligrams plus 5 milligrams every 4 hours during the, four, during the 12 hours. The total amount of medication is 18 milligrams. That's why the medication is called Concerta 18. All right. Whew. That's a lot of words that are very complicated, at least to me. What are the side effects of ADHD medication? Generally, stimulant medications have similar side effects that include decreased appetite, stomach pain, sleep disturbances, and headaches. Some side effects associated with non-stimulants include fatigue, stomach pain, decreased appetite, and nausea. It is common for patients to experience side effects when trying and adjusting stimulant medications. Clinicians may start with small doses and increase dosing if the patient does not see benefits and if side effects are tolerable. Many side effects are also temporary until the patient adjusts. The American Academy of Pediatrics notes that clinicians should titrate doses of ADHD medication to achieve maximum benefit with tolerable side effects. If adverse reactions persist, the clinician may make the switch to another stimulant or to a non-stimulant. All right. ADHD medications list stimulants. All right. These are all the different types and names and the amounts that they come in. So bear with me. I'm going to go over this and I hope I get these right. All right. Methylphenidates. Generic. Tablet immediate release lasts about four hours, comes in 5, 10, 15 milligram doses. Adanzia XR, brand name, capsule, extended release. It lasts about 16 hours and it comes in 25, 35, 45, 55, 70, and 85 milligram doses. Aptenzio XR, it's a brand name, it's a capsule, it's immediate and extended release, lasts 12 hours. It comes in a 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 40, 50, and 60 milligram dose. Concerta, brand name, tablet, lasts about 12 hours. Comes in 18, 27, 36, 54 milligram doses. That's very odd that it's the like one with all these weird names or weird number uh, combinations. Cotempla XR-ODT. Brand name, extended release, orally disintegrating tab, tab, tablet, somebody misspelled, comes in 8.6, 17.3, and 25.9 milligram. Detrana, brand name, 
Skin Patch lasts about eight hours, comes in 10, 15, 20, and 30 dosages or milligram dosages. Journey PM, brand name, delayed release, extended release capsule, comes in 20, 40, 60, 80, and 100 milligram. That's quite a bit. Metadate CD, brand name capsule, lasts 8 hours and comes in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, and 60 milligram doses. Metadate ER, brand name tablet, lasts 8 hours, comes in 10, 20 doses, a milligram dose. Methylene, brand name liquid and chewable tablets, immediate release, lasts 4 hours, Tablets come in 2.5, 5, and 10 milligram, while liquid is in 5, ta- five milligram per teaspoon and 10 milligram th- per teaspoon dosage. It's very unusual that there is a there is a liquid. I, I don't know if any of you have a liquid type. Let me know. I'm, I'm curious. All right. Quillichu ER, brand name, chewable tablet, extended release, lasts eight hours and comes in 10, 30, and 40 milligram. Equivalent XR, brand name, liquid, extended release, lasts 12 hours and its dose ranges from 20 to 60 milligram. Ritalin, brand name, tablet, immediate release, lasts about four hours and comes in 5, 10, and 15 milligram. Ritalin LA, brand name capsule, lasts about 8 hours, comes in 10, 20, 30, and 40 milligram. And then Ritalin SR, brand name tablet, lasts about 8 hours and comes in 20 milligram. Dextromethylphenidate. Focalin, that's a good name for it. Brand name tablet, lasts 4 hours, it's immediate release, and comes in 2.5, 5, and 10 milligram. And then Focalin XR, brand name capsule, lasts eight hours, immediate release, followed by a second delayed release, and comes in 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, and 40 milligram. All right, dextroamphetamine modifying amphetamine mixture. Adderall, that's a very common name. You hear that? And Ritalin and Adderall are the ones that you always hear in the news about students abusing the medication. All right, so Adderall is a brand name tablet, immediate release, lasts four hours, comes in 5, 7.5, 10, 12.5, 15, 20, and 30 milligram. Adderall XR is a capsule, immediate and delayed release, it lasts eight hours and comes in 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, and 30 milligram. Adds in Adzenis ER brand name extended release oral suspension 1.25 milligrams per milliliter. That's a liquid. Adzenese XRODT brand name orally disintegrating tablet immediate and delayed release lasts up to 12. Comes in 3.1, 6.3, 9.4, and 12.5, 15.7, and 18.8 milligram dose. Dexedrine Spanzol. I actually took this didn't work brand name capsule immediate release followed by a gradual release lasts eight hours comes in 5 10 and 15 milligram dose divanel xr brand name liquid extended release lasts 13 hours doses is range from 2.5 to 10 milligrams per day evecchio brand name tablet immediate release lasts four hours comes in five and ten milligram 
Generic tablet immediate release lasts four hours, comes to 510 dose. Mydeus is brand name long acting casp- capsule, comes in 12.5, 25, 37.5, and 50 milligram. Procentra is a brand name liquid immediate release, lasts four hours, comes in five milligram teaspoon per teaspoon dose. Vivance, which is what I am on currently, is a brand name capsule and it's a chewable, but I don't have the chewable. Lasts 10 to 12, comes in 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, and 70 milligram. I'm actually taking, they actually have it in 10 as well. I'm currently doing two of those a day. Uh, I'm going to probably suggest when my next amount expires, which is probably in a few weeks, to up it. Because I'm noticing it, but it needs to go higher. All right, Zenzedi, or Zenzedi, however that's pronounced. Brand name, immediate release tablet, 2.5, 5, 7.5, 10, 15, 20, and 30 milligram. Now for the non-stimulants. Atomoxetine, Stratera, brand name capsule, long-acting, 24-hour, 10, 18, 25, 40, 60, 80, and 100 milligram. Clonidine, Capfe, brand name, extended release, 24-hour, 0.1 milligram and 0.2 milligram. It's pretty strong, obviously, if it's that low of a number. Guanfacine, Intuniv, brand name, extended release, 1, 2, 3, 4, and they're all 24-hour duration. Sorry, milligram amount, of course. Quelbri. It's an active ingredient, Viloxine vaccine hydrochloride. Oh, I hate medication names. 100 or 200 milligrams once daily. All right. 13 questions to ask before starting a stimulant. These are important. Starting any new medication is a big decision, and ADAD... ADHD medication is no exception. Whether you or your child are trying out ADHD medications for the first time or simply switching to a new formulation, you are bound to have a lot of questions. Will there be side effects? Will I lose my creativity or undergo another personality change? Will the medication stop my child's growth? Before taking the medication leap, it is imperative that you do your research and find out everything you can about your options. Uh, Laurie Dupar, PMHNP, registered nurse, PCC, has compiled this helpful guide for 13 of the most critical questions to ask your doctor before you start any ADHD medication regime. All right. Here are the questions that I have to read to you. Okay. What type of medication is this? Stimulant or non-stimulant? Medications to use to treat ADHD generally fall into two categories, stimulants and non-stimulants. And make sure you know the category of your prescribed medication. It will affect administration, expected side effects, and possibly diet. If the medication is a stimulant, ask whether it's a methylphenidate like Ritalin or an amphimetine. Amphetamine, there we go, sorry, like Adderall. Though those may, these medications work in similar ways, they're not the same and can lead to different outcomes in adults and children. How does this medication work in the brain? How does it help ADHD? 
Science research suggests that stimulants work by changing the levels of dopamine in the brain. Non-stimulants like Stratera instead interact with epinephrine. Ask your doctor to explain how your medication affects your mind and body and what changes in ADHD symptoms to expect. What side effects are normal with this medication? <coughs> All medications come with some risks of side effects. Ask your doctor to go over the most common side effects, as well as some rare ones that can be extremely dangerous associated with your prescription. What health monitoring effects need to be done, if anything? Some doctors insist on regular cardiovascular checks for patients taking stimulants, particularly those with pre-existing heart conditions. On the other hand, non-stimulants, clonidine or guanfacine in particular, can cause blood pressure to drop to dangerously low levels, so many doctors monitor blood pressure carefully. Are there any side effects that would warrant me to call you or just stop taking or administering this medication? Most side effects like nausea, appetite loss, or irritability are mild and should be no cause for alarm. Others can cause can indicate a serious problem with a, medica with a medication. For stimulants, these red flags include dizziness, fainting, pounding heartbeat, shortness of breath, weakness or numbness, or chest pain. When taking non-stimulants, serious allergic reactions like hives, swelling, or trouble breathing should be reported to a doctor immediately. Stratera, in particular, carries an increased risk of suicidal thoughts or actions. Gee, how will I know if this medication is working? When your medication is working effectively, you will have a sustained focus. We're not talking about hyperfocus or zombie focus. We're just talking about a sustained focus. You are able to perhaps get paperwork done or you're able to finish making the bed. Other signs include an improved mood, less extreme emotions, and less impulsivity, both physical and verbal. Ask your doctor which signs are typical for your particular symptoms and how long they commonly take to appear. Seven, when should this medication be taken? Usually, as far as I know, it's I've been told take it in the morning, although there are a few that I have discussed earlier in the episode that take at night. Some have been said to be taken in the one in the morning and then one in the afternoon. All right, must this medication be taken every day? Since stimulants start working quickly and wash out of the body within a day, most patients can skip a dose or two without suffering any withdrawal-related symptoms, but this doesn't mean inconsistent use is the best choice. Talk to your doctor about drug holidays and effective treatment schedules before you decide to skip a dose of your stimulant. Non-stimulants usually need to be taken every day, otherwise therapeutic levels of the medication in the bloodstream may drop and the medication may become less effective. If I want to stop taking this medication or stop administering it to my child, how do I do that? Stimulant medications generally do not cause withdrawal problems, but most experts recommend you taper them off slowly instead of quitting cold turkey. Non-stimulants are a bit are a little trickier and may need to be tapered off in a structured pattern. Your doctor should be able to recommend an effective strategy. Is this medication taken with or without food? Different medications can carry different food requirements. Some stimulants, for example, react poorly to vitamin C and they shouldn't be taken with orange juice or common breakfast drink. Ask your doctor to explain what interactions your medications might have with your food. How long will this medication take to start working? 
Most stimulants start working within an hour, but make sure your doctors let you know what exactly to expect. And then non-stimulants can take a few weeks to start showing results. How long do the effects of this medication last? When it comes to stimulants, you're, you can't always trust the projected dosage window. Ask your doctor how long the medication should last, but also what to do if it lasts for a shorter or longer time than projected. What's the best way to monitor and adjust the dose of this medication and when is our next appointment? Whether you're starting ADHD medication for the first time or switching to new medication, your doctor should always have a plan for assessing and optimizing the prescription's effectiveness. Doctors vary on it, so ask your provider what schedule he prefers for follow-up appointments. Excellent. Okay. So yeah, those are some good questions. I definitely would recommend, you know, if you have any of your own, that would be a good thing to do as well. And I definitely recommend discussing that with them. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, normally I have one earlier, but there was a lot of information there that I needed to get past so that I could get it over with. When I come back, I will talk about my own experiences with medication and discuss a bit of my history on it and what I had to do in order to get my own medication, even though I'm not officially diagnosed with ADHD right now. All right, everybody, I will talk to you soon. back everybody to living with ADHD and CPTSD again today we're talking about ADHD medications okay so I back in March of 2021 I went to see a doctor in the little town that I lived in and I remember discussing with him my what was going on and telling him that I would like, I want to get diagnosed. I want to make sure, you know, that I can officially be told that I have ADHD and that I'd like to take some medication. Um, what the history of how that started is that I was talking with my therapist and we were going over a lot of these symptoms and issues that I was, I was having um, because, you know, I was dealing with my CPTSD and he told me that based on all the issues and the stuff that I was telling him, that he was certain that I had ADHD. And he said that I can go to a doctor and I can get a sample or, you know, drugs like medication and see what it would do and how it would help. And it should increase my ability to focus and, uh, you know, other symptoms that are occurring. So I got an appointment and I had to wait a couple weeks because I needed to do I, my current doctor or the doctor that I had been seeing for years had retired and I didn't even know, which is a real pain in the butt. And so I had to do the full physical and then I made an appointment like I think it was a week later and I told him that I wanted to 
try some medication that my psychologist had recommended it. And so he gave me a medication called Vivance. And I remember that he gave me a 20 milligram uh, dosage to start. And the first day that I took it, I just remember well first off he told me incorrect information he said that it might take a week or two to get to start and i guess i should have realized that this was the first step in knowing that this doctor was not exactly a great doctor but i remember roughly an hour after i took it on my first day that the there was this definite change in the way i was like feeling i was feeling a real increase in the ability to focus and my concentration was really better way better than it than it was in the past and i felt i felt a lot of changes it was amazing like i felt way more confident i felt less hesitation like literally no hesitation in making decisions and making choices i felt more intelligent i felt a lot of changes like it was amazing how i felt and then it was like a couple days later i started noticing some weird side effects and the side effect that i first noticed was i was getting a pain almost like a headache in the front head like in the in the front of my forehead and i figured out from research and discussing with my girlfriend that what was probably happening was is that my prefrontal cortex was probably working a lot harder and it wasn't used to the the amount of information and the work that it was doing because it had it obviously had been my entire life up to that point that it was hap that it was functioning and i you know i'm like okay well i guess i can deal with this but it never it never did go away and then the other side effect that started up a couple of days later, and I'm not sure if it was the medication or if it was causing another side effect of, of something unrelated, but I was super hungry and I was always hungry. I literally would eat a meal and 30 minutes, maybe not even 30 minutes later, I would be hungry again and it would be sudden and it would be like super fast and super hard like it was very intense and i would just be hungry over and over and over and it i could it didn't matter what i ate i would eat a full meal and i'd still be like 30 minutes later i'd be super hungry again and it was it was insane and i just remember i dealt with it for about 3 or 4 days and then i'm like this is enough i can't handle this anymore this is just too much so i went to see the doctor and told him about my side effects and of course he says well this is very unusual that it would cause you to be hungry all the time because the side effect of this medication is to make you feel less hungry it's a, like a diet it's to help people who are trying to lose weight and so i'm like you know kind of going this 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 is very odd so he gave me a different kind of medication i don't remember exactly what it was i think it was the dexadefrin or something i forgive me if i said it wrong it wasn't working as well 
and it soon wore off with the point where it really wasn't doing anything. So eventually, eventually he gave me an increase in the dosage. So I went, I doubled it from 10 to 20 and it felt like it was working, but then it was quickly being absorbed and was no longer functioning. So he gave me then an XR format. And the funny thing is, is the last amount, the last time that the back in July, when I was still taking it, it was a two dose. So I would take it for the first one in the morning and then a second one in the afternoon, and it was an XR format. And here's the thing that was really strange. I would take it, but I wouldn't feel anything. There'd be no change. And then there'd be times where I would literally, because of the fact that there was no change, I would be forgetting to take it one or two days in a row. And there was no withdrawal symptoms. There was no change. I didn't have any improvement whatsoever in what was going on. And I just stopped taking it. And then I remember finally going back to him and saying, okay, this isn't working. I'm literally getting no improvement. There's no change. And telling him the entire details about having no effect when I wasn't on it. And this is the, this is the part that really frustrated me. And I, I bet a lot of you out there that are listening to this right now are probably thinking the same thing that the doctor or the person that is prescribing the medication or that you're you're trying to get help from doesn't seem to be very helpful so he didn't want to have me on any more medication because he says that what would happen is that doesn't matter what you're on you would just keep increasing the dosage increase increasing the dosage and then it would get, get to the heart part where it could be harmful so he was telling me, okay, you need to do other things. You need to go look at your diet. You need to look at getting more exercise. You need to start doing other things like meditation. So I'm like, well, okay, all right. So I went back and I was off the medication from about mid-August onwards. And I didn't get back on medication until literally December 25th. And the thing that was really frustrating with my doctor was that he had an accent because he was from South Africa. Plus he had a, a problem talking like he had a, um, a stutter and or a like a speech impediment. So it was I had a hell of a time understanding everything he was saying. So there were things that I didn't know. I had no clue what he was talking about or saying. And then there were times where I got some of the words. So I just gave up. I started, I'm like, okay, I got to find a new doctor. This is enough. And I found a new doctor not far from where I'm living now. And it was in an, it was like night and day. Instead of just like having me tell him what was going on, like the first doctor and just saying, okay, well, we'll try this and go and, you know, do your thing. He asked me a bunch of questions and it there were very they were very detailed specific questions about my problem and you know i was asked telling him everything telling about my trauma telling about my about all the things that were going on in my history and he wasn't sure he was kind of like wondering about this right so he wanted me to see a psychiatrist so that he could get a second opinion because he obviously isn't 
you know, an expert in regards to ADHD or diagnosing, but he wanted a second opinion. So he's, he's set, we're setting up a referral and I had a questionnaire and I filled it out. And this is when, to be honest, the real serious thinking about anxiety came in, started to come into play. And so we're talking about all these different things. And he was like, it, it was amazing because the after the questionnaire was filled out, I had like severe anxiety levels. I had I was on a scale. I was on at this at level sixteen, which was in the severe level. Um, all the symptoms were there for ADHD, and so I brought it to him, and he was like, "Okay, we're going to start you on some medication." So he put me back on the first stuff that I had that was working. Well, it was doing give me some you know, improvement on the Vivance. And he started me at 10 milligrams, which was half of what I was on at the the first time back in March. And it was interesting because he said to me that he didn't think it was going to do anything. And then about three weeks later, he was going to up the dosage. So about two and a half weeks roughly into taking the medication every day, I started to notice that I was having improvement in my ability to focus in other areas that I was lacking, plus some of the side effects, like the only side effect that was starting to occur was the, was feeling hungry, but it wasn't to the same level of, you know, like extreme that was there, but it was manageable and it was cool like I was really happy with it because I'm thinking okay this medication obviously was building up in my system instead of it being immediate like the first time which clearly turns out it was too strong and too much at all at once the lower dosage was actually building the proper level to get to the point where it was safe and it was a you know it was working correctly without having a severe side effect and I definitely wasn't getting any of the pain in the front and the prefrontal cortex of my head like the first time. So he he upped it to 20. And I'm actually no, I'm not having the side effects. So obviously the medication is, my body is getting used to the side effects. So this, they're not occurring anymore. But I'm noticing that I do need to have an, an increased dosage. So... At some point here, like the medication I've got, I have to go back in obviously to get a refit to a subscription to refill. The recommendation is going to, I'm going to ask to have an increase because it's working, but it needs to be more like working harder and, and more effective. So that's the interesting, the really interesting personal history. Like it's amazing how one doctor compared to another can be the difference between getting like not getting the proper cover, you know support and and getting the incorrect amount of dosage and having the an improper side effect and not getting the proper care and the proper function of the medication and then seeing another doctor who you know you can understand he's he asks all the questions and he and he's being thorough and he wants another opinion and he's getting a referral to a psychiatrist so that he can do the official diagnosis and he gives you the right medication and it works in the right way so that it's not overwhelming and it's not you know 
making you feel like you can't take it anymore and the side effects are too strong it's it's incredible how the difference like one through another it's like night and day basically and i'm glad that i did go and see this second doctor and he's been so much more helpful and so much better than this first doctor so that's just proof that if you're not happy with the current doctor that you're seeing or the psychiatrist or the psychologist that you're seeing and he's and you don't feel like you're getting the help that you need then you need to change you need to go and see somebody else because that doctor or that psychologist or psychiatrist may be you know better off for you and you'll get better help and you'll start to see better results instead of just struggling and not getting anywhere it is one of those things that you sometimes you learn the hardware the hard way through trial and error all right everybody that is the end of today's episode next week i am looking at having a special guest um someone who has recently been diagnosed with adhd um we're going to discuss the experiences of going through the diagnosis uh, process and his own personal experiences with adhd and what he is you know what he's gone through in his life and what it's like to finally get a diagnosis and the difference that it makes and we'll get another person's you know thoughts and experiences when it comes to adhd okay i am on twitter of course as you know um my handle is adhd and cptsd uh you can go to my website it's www.livingwithadhdandcptsd.ca you can check out my facebook page uh, my youtube uh, page is also having episodes that are on there i have released a few episodes on there now so you can go there and take a look the name of this of the page of course is living with adhd and cptsd and I would appreciate if you guys would on Twitter is give me a follow or if you go you can go to my coffee page kofi.com and you can donate or tip on there and to help me pay for things like software and other uh, systems to help me make my podcast and my YouTube show. If you want to check out any other information, there is, of course, the psychologist, uh, sorry, psychiatrist um, Russell Barkley, who's got many interesting and informative videos on YouTube. He'd be very helpful if you have any questions. There's lots of information out there you can research on medication uh, and other ways to help deal with your ADHD if you do decide not to go through medication. Um, but it's, they're all helpful ways to try and minimize the side, like your symptoms and make your life a little easier to deal with be in, you know, rather than having problems because of your ADHD. All right, everybody, that's today's episode and stay, hopefully you guys will tune in tomorrow for a CPTSD episode. Otherwise I will talk to you next week. All right, bye everybody.